Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wassalatu wassalamu rasulullah This is Islam tomorrow I'm your host Yusuf Estes speaking to you all the way from the masjid this morning We're here in the local masjid and we have to ask ourselves where were we yesterday morning and where will we be tomorrow morning because to come to the masjid for fajr is actually a very good part of Islam it's a big benefit for all of us, alhamdulillah. And here in Las Cruces, New Mexico, we had the first line, alhamdulillah, filled all the way across for Fajr. Alhamdulillah. And this is something in Arabic, it's called hidayah, or guidance. It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually guided us to be here. So I thought maybe before I got into the program, I'd just talk about that a little bit to do something good for us, and that's to encourage us to do more. To do more. Because if you find that you have 50 people in the Salat to Fajr, you'd be so happy. But then maybe Shaitan, he might tell you, well, you know, you don't need to go now because there's so many people going. What difference does it make if you go or not? But in reality, if there's one person less for Fajr than there was for Juma, you have to ask yourself why? Why? Now we're not trying to make Fajr Salat and Juma afford on anybody because it's also not right in Islam to make something what it's not. You have to be balanced. But at the same time, if you knew that people were giving away a thousand dollars to everybody who would stand in line this morning and you found that one of your friends wasn't there in the line, wouldn't you think he must be pretty sick? Right? If I told you somebody was going to give away $1,000 today at lunchtime, but you had to drive to El Paso, there would not be a single Muslim left in the whole city here of Las Cruces at lunchtime. Unless he couldn't get a ride or he was sick or dead. Is that true or false? Especially if you found out that every member of the family could also get $1,000. Is right? He'd even take his baby with him, wouldn't he? Thousand dollars. So it means that if we didn't see somebody here this morning, obviously they're sick or they couldn't get a ride. And as a Muslim, that's one of our responsibilities to find out why somebody's sick, what we can do to help them. If they don't have a ride, we should have given them a ride. Is it right? And you're going to say, well, that's really not the reason they didn't come. Ah, then it must be a very serious problem. Maybe they don't really believe there's a thousand dollars coming. And this is called Iman. What do you believe? Do you believe that laying in the bed in the morning and sleeping is better for you than coming for the Salat of Fajr? If you said, oh, it's not really like that. Okay, if it's not really like that, then explain to me exactly how it is. Because there's a promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a clear promise that those who are steadfast, persevere, and they keep up their salah, they have jannah. This is a promise. Even that, not only they have in the, the jannah, what else? They're going to have it easy in this life. They're going to have it easy on the yamukiyama. They're not going to have to suffer in the next, you know, when we go through the experience of the judgment day. It's going to be so good for these people just because they are keeping up their salah. 
Of course, they have to have the right belief. But the point is, look at this. And that's not worth $1,000. This is worth more than the entire dunya, the material world, and everything in it. Yes or no? So when you don't find yourself in the Fajr Salah, you know what you should be saying? One brother, he said, I should say Astaghfirullah. I said, no, not really. You ought to be crying to Allah and asking Him why you didn't let me go. Why you didn't let me go? Allah, let me go, please. You would beg Allah if you were sick. You'd beg Allah to make you well, wouldn't you? Oh, Allah, make me well. You wouldn't say, Oh, Allah, make me well if that's your will. <laughs> You'd say, Make me well. And if you have no money or no food, you don't say, Allah, feed me if you want to. No, you say, Allah, feed me. But you don't say, I'll go to Fajr, inshallah. Meaning what? I'll go to Fajr if I feel like it. Because someday, what we're doing with the the words inshallah, we're using it to mean really something else. If it doesn't happen, I'm going to use that as an excuse. Allah must not have willed it to happen. That's why I didn't make it. Have you heard this? A lot of Muslims do that. Allah didn't will it, so I couldn't do it. It's amazing. I was visiting with one of our American brothers the other day, and he was telling me that when he talks to the brothers who come to this country, he's trying to encourage them to call the people to Islam. They said, really, brother, my English is not that good. I can't. You do it. And he's telling them, brother, you know, we have a responsibility. He said, yes, but I just can't. This is too big. This is something, you know, what if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? My English, no good. Or it takes a lot of time and effort of something that I don't understand. It's so... It's complicated over here, blah, blah, blah. The brother said, I made an observation, though, that if they want to get a green card, they know exactly where to go and how to get it. If they want to go to the university, they can do that. If they want to get married, they can do that. In fact, they can do anything they want to except what? Except this dawah, except calling to Islam. It means what? Well, inshallah, I'll do dawah. Inshallah, I will. Meaning, nah, I don't want to. But the problem is because we really don't have the right faith. We don't have the correct belief. And now I want to begin my little talk this morning. It's called Wings of the Butterfly. And for the benefit of those who would like to hear the expanded version of this talk, there's a, a tape we have called Wings of the Butterfly. You can get this tape and you can copy it. Yet you might even find it on the internet. Some people are putting our tapes up now and they're free. So you might like to do that. But I'm going to begin with what Allah said in Surah Al-Ra'ad, which is chapter uh, 13. If you go by the numbers, ex-Christians, especially ministers and priests, they're going to go by the numbering system because that's what we used to do in the Bible, is go by the numbers, everything by the number. And so... Uh, there's a verse or ayah in the Quran. Which it's talking about the... I think it's verse 28. 
Yes. Bismillah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الذين آمنوا واتقوا إن قلوبهم بذكر الله الله بذكر الله تتمى إن القلوب It said those who believed and those whose hearts find rest in the remembrance of Allah, verily in the remembrance of Allah do hearts find rest. Um, just to give you the clarification of what the tafsir or the explanation of the Qur'an, it said when it mentions believed, believed in what? It says believed in the tawheed or the oneness monotheism of Allah how he is unique and without partners. There's a hadith of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and it's talking about this and actually there's quite a bit of explanation that comes along with this particular ayah. First of all, it begins talking about what's the superiority of the dhikr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala remembering Allah and praising Him. This is on Abu Musa radiallahu anhu which is... Um, one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, may Allah have mercy on him. The Prophet ﷺ said, The example of the one who remembers dhikr of Allah, of his Lord, in comparison to the one who does not remember to make this dhikr to Allah, is that of the living creature compared to a dead one. Then also it's narrated on the authority of Abu Huraira, radiallahu anhu, that he said that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, whoever says, subhanallahi wa bahamdihi, can you say that? Subhanallahi wa bahamdihi, let me hear you say that. Subhanallahi wa bahamdihi. Yeah, I almost heard you. I know Allah heard you, no problem. He said, if you say that 100 times, in, in a day. You're going to be forgiven for all of your sins, for all your mistakes, even if they're as much as the foam on the sea, on the Bahar. The Bahar, the sea, like the Caribbean or the Mediterranean or the Indian or the, the Red Sea, all these seas. Think about them. How much foam do you think is there? You can't imagine this. But even if your ithm, your sins, is enough to cover this, Allah will forgive it. Why? Subhanallah wa bahamdihi. Subhanallah wa bahamdihi. Subhanallah wa bahamdihi. Now, one of the things that is important is to be sure that you understand the meaning of what you're saying. And then the next thing after that is to be sure you said it correctly. Because you don't want to say the wrong thing. In Arabic, it's easy to say the wrong thing because... They have two kinds of S, two kinds of T, two kinds of H. And if you mix them up, you can actually say something very bad. So you have to be careful. And But we'll begin. What is the meaning of this? Subhanallah. What is that? Some people said it meant glory to Allah. But actually it means to extol Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the level that He is beyond anything that people would worship beside Him. It's, subhanallah is actually meaning there's, there's no partners with Allah. 
the meaning that you're putting Allah up so high and nothing with Him. He's above everything. Subhanallah, wa bahamdi. And so what is B? B means, it's one of the words that means in or with or to. Hamd is what? Praise. It also is thanks. Hamd is praise and thanks. Subhanallah wa bahamdi. Now this H on the hamd is not hamd, it's hamd. This is ha, not ha. So you have to be careful. Ready? Subhanallah wa bahamdihi. Subhanallah wa bahamdihi. Subhanallah wa bahamdihi. MashaAllah. Very good. Now let's see. That's about five or six times we've got it. Now we only need 94 more, don't we? But the good news is he said in a day. So you don't have to do them all at once. Some people think, oh, I have to buy some of those beads. Did you see these beads on a string? They call them tesbih or mesbaha. Another form of the same word. Tesbih, mesbaha, uh, zikr beads. We call it in English zikr, which is Arabic, and beads, which is English. Zikr beads. <laughs> and it's similar to the rosary that the, the Christian Catholics use. It has a string with these little beads, and they count them. They're numbered. That when you buy it, it already has a number on it. Plus, they have salib, a cross, on theirs. We don't need that. But um, they count them, and their priest will tell them how many to do. They'll go to the, the, preach, the preacher, the priest. They'll say to him, because he's, uh, Oh, Father, bless me, for I have sinned. Okay, so they want, they want to be forgiven for sins. We're seeing right here how to get it for us. But they're being told to go to their priest, and they say, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. He'll say, how long has it been since you made confession? They will say, oh, so many days. He'll say, oh, and now you have to tell me all your sins. And they have to say what they did. And then he has to tell them to be forgiven. But what they have to do, you have to pay so much money. Plus you have to say so much, Hail Mary, full of grace. This is what you say with each bead and say something along with that. And they have to go out and do it. And if they don't do it, then they're not going to get forgiven. But all we have to do, subhanallah wa bahamdihi, subhanallah wa bahamdihi, subhanallah wa bahamdihi. Now, if somebody said to me, okay, it sounds like you've got a version of the church because you're saying the same thing. He has to say something so many times. Well, there's some differences. First of all, you don't have to do that. Allah can forgive, if you, especially if you have a big sin or something right now you want forgiven. You don't have to even do anything except what? Astaghfirullah. Allah forgive me. That's all you have to do. And you don't have to do it out loud, and you don't have to tell anybody what you did. And certainly, that's a part of Islam, is not to tell people the sins. So many times I hear brothers, you know, before I used to pray, you know, before I really came to Islam, I used to do this and this and this and this. He said, brother, please, alhamdulillah, you're praying now, okay? You came to Islam. We don't need to know that. Even the Prophet ﷺ, when he wanted to talk to people about sins, he didn't say, you know what you did yesterday, you did X and that's bad, brother. I mean, I'm sorry to have to mention in front of everybody, but you did X and Y and Z and subhanAllah. He never did that. Instead, he would go to the minbar and he would say, some people did such a thing. And then that's how he would address it. But he didn't have to point them out because they knew what they did. So for us, we want to be forgiven, what do we do? Astaghfirullah. Allah forgive me. Forgive me, Allah. But we have to mean it and never do it again.
three conditions. First, you have to recognize what you did is wrong and sincerely seek the forgiveness of Allah and commit yourself never to do it again. Now, there's a fourth thing that's not actually mentioned in the books about this, but it's important too. And don't talk about it. Because in the hadith of Rasul, he told us that when a person sins and then they make tawbah, repent for it, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He will make a shield for them or covering over them. On the day of judgment, nobody will know they did this because Allah protecting them from their mistake. Unless they tell somebody. Because if they make it clear and they broadcast it, then they tore the cover. They ripped the covering and exposed themselves. So this is a very important part of that. What we read here is helping us to understand some part of that. But then it continues, and I want to go to an, another hadith. By the way, this is in Sahih Bukhari. And then the English translation by Musan Khan, it's in volume 8, number 414, the one that I mentioned about the Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. The next one is also mentioned in Sahih Bukhari in the same volume, and it's uh, two hadiths before that, 412. Abu Huraira Rasulullah he says that the Prophet said, Whoever says, La ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu la kumuku walhamdu wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. It's a little bit big, isn't it? Say that 100 times. He'll have the same reward. Listen to how many things he'll get from this. Same reward as if you give freedom to 10 slaves. And freeing a slave is a very big thing to Allah. Allah does not like oppression. So when they're slaves, Allah actually is paying you big time to release slaves. Suppose you don't have slaves. We have no slaves. Do you have slaves today? Anybody in Las Cruces has some slaves? I'm a slave. Uh, you know, anybody who's paying the income tax around here is a slave. We know that. But if you want to release a slave, let him go. Let him be free. This is a very big thing. And Allah will give you the reward of ten. Ten. Freeing ten slaves if you say this. Wait, I'm not done. There's more. It sounds like one of those TV commercials. How much would you pay for this? Well, don't answer. Because you're also going to get the kitchen widget. Well, listen to this. And Allah will record for him 100 good deeds. This is in his record, his book. As though he did something. As though he did 100 deeds. But he's just sitting there. He's saying something. And, well, not through. And he will remove 100 sins from his accounts. And, still not done, more. And all day long, he's going to be protected with a shield from Allah against shaitan. And if he says it at night, Allah protect him all through the night. Look at this. And nobody, is still not done. And nobody is going to come with anything better except the one who says it more. Nobody will come with anything better except that he does more. SubhanAllah. This is amazing. Now what was it we have to say? La ilaha illallahu 
I think this is the one. Yes. Now, there's another one. Let me give you the meaning. Let's, let's talk. What does that mean? When you say, La ilaha illallah, what is that? Nobody has the right, and nothing has any right to be worshipped, to be devoted to, to be loved with this special love for Allah, except Allah. He has, La Sharikala, no partners. To him belongs the mulk, the universe. He's the kingdom of everything. And for him are all the praises. And he has the power to do whatever he wills to do. Allahu Allah, Qurishayim Qadir. SubhanAllah. This is truly, truly an amazing thing to think about. That Allah give you these kind of rewards. Just for some small thing. A hundred times in a day. Now, guess what? There's one not mentioned in this book. There's another hadith of Rasul, Sahih hadith of the Rasul Sallallahu He said, whoever says ten times. Now, this is discount. Again, I'm sounding like the TV specials, doesn't it? Call the 800 number on your screen. 1-800-MEG-VICAR. Well, guess what? I'm serious. There's more. There's another hadith of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this is when you're in a hurry, you don't have time, you always think you're too busy with the world that you don't have time for your next world. Say ten times, La ilaha illallah, wahtu la shrikalahu, la kumuku walu hamd, yuhi wa yumit, wahu ala kulishankadir. With the addition of yuhi wa yumit, he's the one who gives life and death, wahu ala kulishankadir, and he has the power to do whatever he wills. Say this only ten times. Just ten. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gives the reward of ten good deeds. Take away ten bad deeds. Okay? And He will forgive sins for you. Even like the ocean. He will forgive sins. And what else? To protect you from shaitan to the day. So this is a bargain special. Now I'm going to mention another one. Whenever you complete your salah, a lot of times the fajr or any fard salah, you get up from the salah and you run away. You pray dohar. As soon as you salam alaikum, salam alaikum. You're through with your prayer. You jump up. You run to the telephone. Ah, hey, salam alaikum. Yeah, about uh, that meeting yesterday, blah, blah, blah. Or you go to the internet to check your email. Or you run over here to go talk to somebody. Or just go put a quart of oil in the car. But as soon as salam alaikum, salam alaikum, run away from salah. Yes? Did you ever hear such a thing? Well, guess what? This is not good. You should stay in your place and don't move. The sunnah of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is after salam alaikum, rahmatullah, as-salam alaikum. Then he would do what? He would say, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Three times he said, Allah forgive me. Allah forgive me. Allah forgive me. La ilaha illallah. There's none to be worshipped except Allah. Why did he say that? Does that make sense? He just prayed to Allah. Allah ordered him to pray. He prayed. Why did he say stuff for Allah? He should have been saying, there you go, Allah. How do you like that? He didn't say that. He said, forgive me. Why? Because he knows. 
that maybe we make mistakes in the Salat. Maybe we weren't really devoted in the Salat as we should have been. Maybe we weren't paying attention. Maybe we were sitting there thinking about our email and telephone calls and putting oil in the car. Maybe. So we weren't really devoted to Allah. Or maybe we made mistakes in the Salat. We don't know. So it's better. Astaghfirullah. 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 But that, guess what? That's only one. There's another meaning behind it. What is it? Well, the Prophet ﷺ told us that after every fard salat, that's the ones you have to do, fajr, duhr, asr, maghrib, and isha. This is the morning, the noon, the afternoon, the evening, and the night prayers. You must do those. It's not optional. That's an order from Allah. But guess what? As soon as you do it, the Prophet ﷺ said that because you obeyed the order, that you now have rights on Allah. He ordered you to do it. You did it. Now it's time to get what? Your paycheck. He didn't say paycheck. I'm saying paycheck. But you have a right to do what? He said you have the right to ask, and Allah has to fulfill what you ask for. You're going to raise your hands, make dua. Now you see why shaitan wants to take you to the parking lot or to the telephone or to the internet. Why? Because he doesn't want you to make this dua. He doesn't want you to make this dua. He wants you to forget your paycheck. Sit still. Astaghfirullah. 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 La ilaha illallah. And make some dua. And if you said, well, I can ask for anything, of course you can. You said, well, if I ask and I didn't get it, then what? Well, first of all, the first dua that you made was astaghfirullah, wasn't it? So for sure Allah forgave you. Hello? <laughs> because the Prophet ﷺ, he said, the best dua, supplication, prayer, is to say astaghfirullah, to ask Allah to forgive us. And in another rawayah, he said, to say alhamdulillah, to say the praise is only to Allah. But it's so now, you say astaghfirullah, Allah forgives your sins, and you're in good shape. Alhamdulillah. This is good. But guess what else? Maybe you'll ask for something else that Allah will grant it for you. Maybe something else you're going to ask for, Allah will give you that too. But for sure, if He doesn't give it to you something in this world, He'll give you something better. But sometimes we ask for things that we really wouldn't want if we knew what it was. And I want to talk about that just for one second. Sometimes we ask for something and we don't get it. And we wonder, why I didn't get that? I'm going to ask you, just ask you to think. Have you ever been to a car lot where they sell cars? Some of those cars look really pretty, don't they? And you wish you could buy it. But some of those cars that are there are not really good cars. They just look good. And if you bought the car, maybe you'd have to fix something. So you said, well, it's small. The door doesn't work good, but that's okay. Alhamdulillah, it's a beautiful car. So you pay to fix the door, $50. But then tomorrow, now the hood doesn't open right, $60. The next day you need tires, $80. And the next day, oh, now you've got another problem with the radiator, $200. And the next day, $400 for the brakes. But now you said, oh my gosh, this thing, oh. But the next day you need a new transmission, $1,000. You say, I want to give the car away. But I can't. Why? I just put all that money in there. I hate to lose it. <laughs> so 
Sometimes Allah, He's doing something very, very wonderful for you by not answering the dua because you don't know what you're asking for. And Allah knows. So this explains that very clearly. This morning we talked about an ayah from the Quran where Allah tells us that verily for the believers there comes a great, great satisfaction in the heart from His remembrance to mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all that we do. And what I'm saying is that the true dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is in your actual daily life. Not sitting in a circle, wearing a pine cone hat or something on with green and holding beads and going in circles with the beads. This is not really what Allah wants from you. He doesn't need this from you. But it's very impressive to Allah for the one who can carry this dhikr in his heart throughout the whole day. So that when he encounters problems, he remembers Allah. When he encounters good things, he remembers Allah. And whenever he's dealing with the people, he's remembering Allah. So much so that the people are inspired and say, this man makes me think about Allah. And now I'll finish with this one hadith. The Rasul sallallahu told us, Ad-dunya ma'unatun a'una ma'fiha illa dhikrullah wa ma'wallahu alamin wa muta'alam. And the meaning behind it in English would be, that Allah has put a curse on all of the dunya and everything in it. Allah has put a curse on the entire universe and anything in it if it does not remember Him. Anything which is not remembering Him and keeping Him in their mind is cursed by Allah. Allah except, and now look what He says, except the one who remembers Allah and those that remind of Allah and an alim which is someone having Islamic knowledge and muta'alim which is one who is trying to get this knowledge a scholar and a student of Islam so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those people who are not having this curse Amin, and are blessed by him with his barakah Amin. the continuation of what I talked about today is on a tape called Wings of the Butterfly we talked about one wing of the butterfly today, which is the wing of dhikr. But there's another wing called ilm. And inshallah tomorrow you'll be here and we'll discuss this topic for our project, which is the other wing of the butterfly. Be sure and take advantage of something special. And that is that you can get double reward tomorrow. There's that 800 number on your screen again. You can take double reward tomorrow without double effort. You know, people work all 40-hour week just so they can work on that 41st hour. They want to work that 41st hour because they get double pay, right? Now, you work 40 hours. You're, you could not really work 80 hours. It would kill you. But you want to work the 40 so you can get into that next category of double pay or time and a half or working on the weekends to get double pay. We all want this. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offered us this 1,400 years ago. You get double pay. Bring somebody with you. Encourage somebody else to do the same good deed. And you'll have double reward. Because the Prophet sallallahu told us that whoever calls to a good deed also has the reward of the one doing it and it takes nothing away from the one who's doing the good deed. Yes. So be sure that you call to this good deed of coming
to this Fajr program in the morning. That's a very, very important thing. And then finally, mention this. There's another bonus. If you add all these bonuses up, you, you won't believe how much is in this Fajr Salah. Because now you've stayed here so long, the sun is coming up. I can see it out the window over the mountains there. The reflection is so beautiful. I think it's coming up that way, isn't it? Huh? Over here? Where is it? Behind me? It has to come up out of the east, doesn't it? Unless it's the last day. Then it comes out of the west, right? So we prayed this way. Therefore, it must be over here, huh? Okay. When you wait for... Stay in your place. Make your dhikr. Stay in your place. Remembering Allah. Busy yourself with some ibadah to Allah in the morning after Fajr. There are two hadiths. One in Ibn Majah and the other one in Tirmidhi. And one of them tells us that the Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever prays the Fajr Salah stays in his place, involved in some remembrance of Allah, worship of Allah, then he stands and prays Duha, which is two rakah, or four, or six, what he likes to pray, up to him. But he stands and prays these two. Allah will give him the reward of Hajj. And the other one, Umrah, and a weaker hadith, which says Hajj and Umrah. But, of course, the weak one becomes stronger when you know the other two. So, how would you like, somebody told you right now, you can go to Saudi Arabia, I'm going to pay your way. I'm going to take care of your visa, your expenses, the hotel, everything, all of it paid for you to do Hajj, or Umrah, or both. What would you say? Would you hurry up to be here tomorrow morning for it? You bet you would, without a doubt. And here it is, Allah is giving it for those. Why? Because Allah knows how hard it is for people to really do this. But it's for those people who are not able to do any other way. They want to go for Hajj, but sometimes throughout history it's been impossible. They could still get the reward for it. Look how Rahmah, how Rahim, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful, so gracious. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen Hu Muslimin You've been listening to today No you're not You're listening to tomorrow Islam Islam tomorrow There we go Islamtomorrow.com Visit us on the internet Where we're open 24 hours a day And plenty of free parking